This is Miss Ayanna Burnett with Reflections from the Red Chair. Greetings, 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 great ones. Welcome to today. I absolutely love the what would now be right vintage. <laughs> And the old-time cartoons. They hold such wisdom. So, yesterday, after coming back from vacation, which was much needed and being beachside, I was sitting down with my youngest, Mini-Me, and he had put on his older brother's DVD, yes, a DVD, right, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, it wasn't the original series, but one of the the remakes, but now even that's vintage, right? And we were watching the first episode, and can I tell you, I was like, oh my gosh, I so wish I had my journal sitting right next to me because Master Splinter was dropping so many pearls of wisdom. And this is the thing. It wasn't just for the kids. You know what I'm saying? You know how they say everything I needed to know in life I learned in kindergarten. Like, yo, that is so real. Because I felt like he was speaking to matters in my own life, right? And one of the gems that he said that I definitely could remember was this idea of success. And he was saying that success actually comes from being able to respond to the unexpected. That success comes from being able to respond to the unexpected. Via that definition, how many can really say that you've achieved success? Right? On one hand, it's probably more than we would expect. And then also on the other hand, maybe a little bit less. That there are definitely some areas where we could probably do a whole lot better at responding not reacting, right? But really responding to the unexpected. And I will tell you, this gem really seems to speak to this whole thing of adulting. If you listen to one of my previous episodes, I talked about, you know, the challenges of planning. Now, don't get me wrong. Planning does indeed have its place. But when it comes time to execute the plan, you run into what? The unexpected, right? That which you could not anticipate when you were building the plan. And the question is, what do you do? What do you do when there is a wrench in the plan or there is a detour along the road? And now you feel, right? Or you perceive yourself as being delayed or behind schedule or off schedule, What do you do? You know, are you one of those people who can easily readjust and kind of bend with the ebb and flow? Or are you one who might be even more like me, right? Who tends to now kind of freak out 
like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Or I can even think about, you know, I've got family members who now are like drill sergeants when that happens. It's like, we've got to get back on track. We've got to make up time. You know, this is what we've got to do. Bang, 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 bang. How do you enjoy yourself if we're constantly on this schedule or constantly having to make up for the realities that happen that weren't planned for? Like, honestly, when you even put it that way, like, that just sounds really crazy. That's actually what we do a lot of the time, right? And that's reacting. That is reacting when we are so wed to our plan that we do not embrace, as I have said before, right? The flow. And the flow is all about responding, meaning to be able to pause, go within, reset and to allow what is happening before you as if it is perfect right and to now recite the mantra right or the affirmation of remembering that oh wait a minute this is all part of things working out for me like this is all part of the plan this is all part of the unfolding and somehow some way this is actually working out for my good even right now as it is now this is the thing now I totally get it that there are some circumstances that we go through that really do not appear to be working out for our good however this is the question I pose to you which feels better to be standing in the midst of a terp, terp oh, I can't even say it, temporary, sorry, because all things are temporary, right? To be standing amidst a temporary experience, looking at it as dreadful and looking at it as just, uh, you know, because some things you don't even have words for, just one of those experiences or looking at it as, okay. There is some opportunity that lies in the middle of this difficulty, although I might not be able to see it. But, you know, just as there are moments when it appears as if the moon or the sun goes away and they're always there, right? If it's a cloudy day or a cloudy night, it's still there. Then I can be able to say, too, that this situation is no different, that somewhere, somehow, there is an opportunity that will help me to grow, right? That's going to move me forward. That's going to be part of my advancement. That's going to be heading toward, as they say, right? Better days, which feels better because the reality is those circumstances as they are at that moment, they're there. They're there. So you're going to have to walk through them, right? There's no around them or under them or over them. It's a through action. And so the question is, what storyline are you going to hold internally to inspire you as you move through? What storyline are you going to hold true to when it's just you listening to you? Right? What, what are you going to do? What type of momentum are you going to build? Because naturally, being an energetic being, because we all are, you're going to be building momentum because you're going to be thinking. That's what we do, right? We, we think, we use our imaginations. You know, the mind is a very active energy. So what are we focusing on? 
a story that feels good or a story that doesn't. That is always within our realm of control to be able to manage the own stories that we're telling ourselves because the stories that we're telling ourselves matter because those stories turn around and they form our perspective and our perspective matters because how we are looking and viewing things now is the fuel behind the action that we do and do not take. I love the chapter in Eat, Pray, Love. I talk about it often and I share it often by Elizabeth Gilbert. Absolutely genius, right? Read the book, seen the movie, love them both. But in Eat, Pray, Love, you know, as she's telling her story as really her her own kind of journey toward self-love and self-development after you know, a a divorce and a huge game changer in her life. She goes to, um, an ashram, ashram. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, but it's all good. She goes to a, a, a spiritual place, right? To be able to be secluded and simply to, to pray and to practiced daily prayer and and meditation and while she's there she meets Richard from Texas and they develop a a friendship as she's going through some real difficult experiences and Richard is there to kind of encourage her and hold her accountable and um you know hold her hand and sometimes that's what we need right that companionship while we are missed our own self-discovery but anyway so She's reflecting in the book about how Richard is divorced, but he seems to have this wonderful, wonderful relationship with his ex-wife. And to a certain extent, you know, she's curious and she's a little bit jealous because it seems like really romantic because that's the last thing that she has with her uh, ex at that moment, which is also, you know, part of this big life change that she's adapting to. So she decides one day that she's just going to ask him and she gets curious and, you know, she in the book reflects about asking Richard, like, yo, what is up with this? Like you and your ex-wife seem to be like the best of friends. How did you manage that? And it's really wonderful that, you know, she writes how Richard turned around and basically says, well, you know, she doesn't quite share the same perspective as I do. And what does that mean? Like she thinks I'm an a-hole. Like, what? Like, yeah, she, she thinks I'm an a-hole. But, you know, that is not the perspective that he holds and espouses, right, and shares and expresses of her. Rather, he chooses how he views her, thinks of her, and thus how he talks about her. And isn't that wonderful, That is so wonderful and totally shows the power of choice that it is up to us. There's nothing that says that you can't make up the story in your head. Now, don't get me wrong. We wanted to be able to be based in reality. And part of this was is that he knew, right? He took conscious accountability and responsibility for choosing how he saw her. And also at the same token was very much based in the truth that she didn't share the same, right? And that there was a conflict or some tension between them. He just didn't choose to carry that in his everyday, everyday. 
And can you imagine how that probably influenced the the access that he had to his own intuition of knowing how to respond to her such that he's not adding to the animosity or adding to the conflict or adding to the tension all because he's managing his own story right such a beautiful example So what steps might we be able to take today to, number one, of course, let's still acknowledge what's going on in the here and now, but let's choose our perspective. Let's choose our story and thus position ourselves to choose our response such that we can begin to live every day feeling successful. Until next time, be like...